welcome to Bury the Lead. I'm one of your co-hosts, Winnipeg Free Press columnist Jen Zarati. And I'm your other co-host, Winnipeg Free Press multimedia producer, Aaron Labar. And today we're going to be talking about um, security at concerts in the wake of the Las Vegas shooting. We're also going to be talking about Canadian Thanksgiving and why. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to find out a little bit about Jen's experience throwing an axe. Spoiler alert. She's she's okay. <laughs> so, how was your week, Erin? <laughs> um, even busier than our normal amount of busy. There's been a lot of stories this week. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fall touring season. I think I mentioned that last week, but that means a lot of interviews and a lot of stories, and it's busy and good. But um, I worked on a... 49.8 feature about the upcoming opening of the C2 Center for Craft. And for those who are not familiar with the paper, which you should be <laughs> in shame, but 49.8 features are big Saturday features. So it's kind of our yeah. chance to go long on a Stretch subject. our legs a little bit. Stretch, our le- yeah. stretch out that word count. Exactly. So um, the Manitoba Craft Council and the Manitoba Craft Museum and Library have sort of partnered up to open this dedicated space for both historic and contemporary craft. It's opening up on Cumberland Avenue, kind of across near the Calvary Church area. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm doing a big feature on that, and it's been really fun. When does it open? (laughs) That's a good question. Uh, They had originally planned to open in the spring, and then in September, and now it's the end of October, but it's not a for sure... There's no set date for sure. Okay, yet. so it's like a, 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 a soft date. Yeah, it's a soft date. They're hoping by the end of the month for sure. But, you know, it's kind of not up to them when they're dealing with permits and and other sort of admin sort of things that are holding right. them up. Yeah. And I'm sure that led to an interesting conversation about art. Yeah. craft. Yeah. So I t- did talk to some um, people outside of those who are opening the center about the art versus craft debate sort of what makes art art and where the line is drawn in terms of showing in the gallery like the WAG or you know the world world renowned galleries and yeah so I got some interesting interesting voices in there about that and cool and Shirley Richardson is uh one of the main donors to the project so I got to have a really fun chat with her yesterday morning and yeah just lots of conversations about art (laughs) in the last couple weeks yeah amazing yeah it's gonna be good um I through axes this week so basically my <laughs> week was kind of, there's two themes one was i'm leaving on a trip next week i will not be on the pod because i will be in the amalfi coast of italy and i'm very excited so this week has been spent sort of trying to figure out how i can tetris my things to travel as minimally as possible ah, yes, yes and like yes. much googling about like deodorant is it a liquid depends on the airport <laughs> so yeah it's just tricky figuring out all that kind of stuff and then I have been doing sort of a semi-regular series called Gen Tries, where I try something that I haven't tried before. The first installment was goat yoga, which I made you do with me. Yes. Um, and we have very cute selfies to prove it. Second <laughs> one, um, I met with uh, the guy who does all the like the gun training and gun yeah, safety yeah. on movie sets in mm-hmm. town. So he gave me Keanu Reeves's gun training, which was fun. And then for this one, uh, axe throwing has become very popular like it's a it's a it's a thing it's a full-blown thing um and now it has like competitive leagues and like competitions and they're trying to kind of make the world axe throwing league um like the nfl of axe throwing like (laughs) so like oh that's a good time to the atl 
W-A-T-L, yeah. League. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah. The World Axe Throwing League. I thought I just made that up. Nope. All right. Nope. Hashtag <laughs> W-A-T-L. Um, so I met with Big Dan at, <laughs> of course, at Bad Axe Throwing. And uh, it's, it's a lot harder than it looks. Like, obviously, he makes it look effortless. He was like showing off a little bit does he me. do a one-hander he can do one-hander he can do two-handers he can do like underhand like two-handers and that he has one axe in each hand correct oh my that's terrifying yeah <laughs> the double-sided act like and no yeah. nope so <laughs> looks easy so i'm like okay whatever i can do this no problem it's there it, were problems <laughs> there were problems it was challenging <laughs> i got very close to getting a bullseye because it's, it's kind of like archery like you kind of hit the same kind of targets yeah um but I hit the bullseye and then my axe fell out like it didn't stick. Pixar didn't happen. But <laughs> why I said, I'm like, Big Dan, you saw that. Yes. And he, he will verify. He did. Yeah. I also got an axe to stick and then threw another axe and it landed in the exact same spot, knocking the former axe out. That's and he good. said he had never seen that before. Well, so I felt good about my consistency, <laughs> even though it was nowhere near the target. So <laughs> that was... Uh, that was my week, basically. So, yeah. Well, while yeah. you're lounging in the Amalfi Coast, I'm going to go to Morden to go to the Canadian Fossil Discovery Center, which I mean is the Amalfi Coast of Manitoba. I feel like in the how was your week? Obviously, this week was horrifying. So, you know, yeah. we're trying to talk about stuff that was distracting us from the never-ending horror that seems to be the world these days so yeah i woke up earlier this week to the news of a horrifying shooting in las vegas yes the latest worst shooting in u.s history Mm -hmm. the previous worst was just 16 months ago yeah in orlando um obviously there's a lot to talk about in this subject i mean oh everything from gun safety gun control reform to toxic masculinity to there's so many things but we kind of wanted to focus today on security at concerts Mm -hmm. because i think something that the will happen as a result of this is that we can probably expect tighter security at concerts at festivals we're kind of reflecting on the kinds of security measures we've seen and encountered as people who Mm -hmm. go to a lot of these i mean despite the fact that the shooter was not actually attending the event Mm -hmm. the unavoidable sort of ripple effect is mm-hmm. going to be increased security because i think what that horrible tragedy really underscored was the fact that it can happen anywhere oh yes yeah definitely so and even in like a, a, a local tie-in um at in- investors group field this week they put up um concrete barricades uh around the sort of plaza area where like large groups of people will congregate on a regular basis so that a vehicle could not possibly get through there. It's, I mean, it's always kind of sad that we have to think of security measures like that. Like mm-hmm. that, you know, having a car plow into you is something that you have to be afraid of when you go see a football game. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of just, I mean, security measures, we run into them all the time. Like look at how much air travel has changed yep. in the last 20 years, you know? Um what do you think about security measures now for concerts? Like when you attend a concert, do you feel safe? Um, I think it's more, it's not, do I feel safe? But it's like, I don't feel unsafe, if that right. makes yeah. sense. Um, 
I am fine with having my bag checked because I don't ever have anything, you know, of contraband categorization in there, you know. Um, I probably sh- well, shouldn't say this because I'm never going to be able to bring water in ever again. But uh, I usually when I'm working, I will bring a bottle of water. And that's sort of the only thing that that I ask special permission to, to bring mm-hmm. in. Um, at festivals, I find that the, the security can be a little bit lax. I know that they want to promote that sort of like relaxed vibe and they don't mm-hmm. want to be that sort of authoritarian presence mm-hmm. and they just squeeze your backpack and ask if you have glass or whatever and you say no and that's, that's kind of that. a good faith honor system exactly but there also hasn't been a problem to sort of make the need greater to have tighter security you know what i mean yeah and i think security is one of those funny subjects because how i mean realistically you are never a hundred percent safe if you're in public right? no of course not. it's like saying that you're have like a hundred percent privacy when you're in public you, yeah. you don't it's just you're not anything can happen at, at any, any time. time anywhere there's certain things that allow you to and i think for women security is often top of mind in ways mm-hmm. that might not be for other people like you know you have to cut across a dark parking lot right what's at the top of your mind it's like you put your keys in your knuckles and exactly you, yeah, and yeah, like yeah. How, like can i run in these shoes yeah yeah um so I think naturally many of us always are thinking of security on some level, but in terms of security measures, it's hard because do they actually make you safer? Do they make you feel safer? Or what I find, I find that when security measures are really, really heightened, it actually doesn't make me feel secure. It puts me, it sets me on edge actually because it's like, well, yeah, oh, because I'm really aware I should be afraid of something right now. Right. Like, like why is it, why, why is this happening? Like, what is the need? Mm-hmm. That, like, like is something terrible going to happen? And yeah. So try- yeah. I understand what you, yeah. So, and I'm curious about how, um, I think this will affect people's attendance and willing to attend events where a lot of people congregate. Like I'm sure there's people who are kind of thinking, rethinking season tickets to stuff. And rethinking festival passes. You know, you know, I on my Facebook, I have friends who are music journalists in other cities and um, not to like name specific things. But one of them posted that two or three people had already just since the Las Vegas shootings asked for refunds for their tickets for an upcoming festival because they felt Mm -hmm. that it wasn't worth the risk of, of attending, which makes me really, really sad. Yeah, because I mean, it's. It's a music festival and it's so, and I, and I think like when, let me start again. Um, I think when it works, it works great. And we've been to many mm-hmm. festivals where people are respectful of each other and yeah. get along. And then you have examples like Woodstock 99, where it was just like, this is the seventh ring of hell. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just when you have a large amount of people together in a space there's always risk there's risk right so completely unavoidable no matter how tight the security and i feel like finding the medium of like what's too tight and what's tenable right if you had maximum security measures at every single event you'd have to start arriving for concerts two hours early Mm -hmm. right so that's not a sustainable model so i think trying to find what the happy medium is is also a challenge i mean air travel still hasn't really figured out what the happy medium looks like no i mean it's become more efficient because we're all used to it now and it's so inconsistent but from location to location exactly but i remember when air travel changed after Mm 9-11 it took a while for people to get used to it Mm -hmm. now we don't think of anything of taking off our shoes but before it was like okay like getting used to the new 
the new rules. But I do think it's interesting to think about, you know, what actually makes people safe, what makes people feel safe, and what makes people feel more on edge. Right. It's a complicated topic. It is very complicated, and certainly we don't have any answers. We're just... And obviously a lot has to change in terms of bringing guns to things. Um, but Is that a thing that happens here? I like. I mean, I maybe I don't pay enough attention. Maybe it's just not something I think to keep an eye out for. It's something that I notice when I'm in the states, where yeah. certain places have signs that say there are no guns allowed here, and it's kind of a reminder, like, oh yeah, people like, need to be told that. Yeah, especially <laughs> if you're traveling in you know open carry states, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of just a different. It's a different. It's Mindset. a different country with different rules, right? Yeah. Um, but I do think that this incident really underscores just how you know you're you're a target you know so what what do we do i don't know what we do. i don't know what do we do what i think and i think we talked about this when we talked about the um manchester yeah incident yeah i don't think we stop going to things i think mm-hmm. we still need to go out there and live our lives and enjoy our country music shows and take care of each other and have each other's backs. And I think that was something that um, a lot of the stories that came out of Las Vegas is yes, how many people incredible. had each other's backs and like really the lineups to donate blood. And yeah. yeah. And now I'm like, becoming I know misty. I'm getting misty too, <laughs> but, uh, and maybe that's a good segue into our next I know. topic, which is giving thanks, thanks, giving thanks. Yeah. And like, we can give thanks to all those people who, who did have each other's backs and all the first responders Yeah, and also give thanks that we live here and that, you know, we're safe and sound and now yeah. is a perfect time to like, Hang out with your family and tell everyone yeah. that you love them. Because that's really kind of what Canadian Thanksgiving is oh, yeah. about, right? Yeah, we don't have... <laughs> we, don't, <laughs> we, we Googled this. <laughs> we, There's we, no reason for us to have this day, guys. We literally Googled Canadian Thanksgiving. Why, though? <laughs> um, because, yeah, it's not... And it's not... You have had the oh, yes. experience of living in America oh, yes. for yes. American Thanksgiving. I had three American... Speaking of cultural differences. Yes. I had three experiences with American Thanksgiving, or three opportunities, I should say. So the first year I went to um, Kansas City. I have a family in Kansas City and we drove to my aunt's family in Oklahoma, which is like America, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> And it was a very lovely Thanksgiving. Two turkeys, like 5,000 people in the house. It's like yam with the as marshmallow. As big as Christmas there. Oh, yeah. I was I got off school on Wednesday. I didn't go back to school till Tuesday. Like, whereas I feel week. in Canada, it's kind of like a B-list holiday. Yeah. And then I did one year I stayed in New York. One year I went to Pittsburgh to see my other uncle. And then the last year I stayed in New York to see the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. But it's like people travel across the country to see that dang balloon parade. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Like, it's just a giant Snoopy. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Your your life will not be incomplete without seeing an inflatable Snoopy. I don't know. I feel deprived that I've never seen a giant Snoopy. But the funny thing, that, and we'll get to the actual point later, but <laughs> the, the funny thing is the night before, and they, they roll out all the giant balloons on the road to inflate them, and people have now started turning that into their Thanksgiving tradition is to go watch the balloons being inflated, not even go for the parade, but go see the balloons get, get inflated. It must be so sad to go see them deflated. <laughs> like I understand why that's not a can thing. I, can I tell my one parade story? Yes, please do. So <laughs> it was really early in the morning and I had a friend who lived close to the route because it goes like all through the middle of yeah. the city. So we're waiting and a guy, there's a guy behind us with several kids and they're very excited. 
and he is hammered, like absolutely hammered. It's maybe nine thirty in the morning. And so the Snoopy comes, the Snoopy balloon. I have many follow-up questions, but continue. <laughs> okay, so the Snoopy bo- balloon comes. Everyone knows Snoopy is a dog, right? And he's right <laughs> behind us, and he's like, hey, look, here comes the Snoopy mouse. <laughs> and my friend and I just lost it. And then another balloon came that had, <laughs> s- had skates on, and he's like, look at the size of those skates. <laughs> like it was just the most hilarious running commentary oh it was great oh, that's funny was all i hope for more <laughs> that made me my silence was not because i wasn't laughing it's because i was laughing too hard to live my life snoopy mouse here comes the snoopy mouse you know <laughs> and the kids are like yeah snoopy <laughs> but yeah we really don't have like the whole like i was always so confused as a kid like when you like cut out like construction pilgrim hats it's like oh, yeah. you know like what is this? <laughs> no, no pilgrims. No pilgrims. <laughs> we don't want no pilgrims. I like your no scrubs reference there. Yes. <laughs> I actually composed uh, an entire song about pilgrims uh, to the tune of no scrubs, but I'm not going to sing it. You're, you're, you're holding out on, you're holding out on the world, but it is a good chance to, it is get together, eat some delicious, delicious squash. Oh, I hate pumpkin. I hate pumpkin pie. I hate pumpkin anything. That's I make myself a separate dessert from everybody else. <laughs> See, I I want to give uh, a free press copy editor, David Fuller, a shout out right now because we had a discussion about how when people say they love pumpkin spice, what they're really talking about is nutmeg. Because That's if you actually mean. like were tasting pumpkin, like people are like, oh, gross. Why doesn't this taste like pie? It's because <laughs> it tastes like a gourd. Because pumpkin needs a lot of help to taste delicious. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it needs cloves. It needs nutmeg. It needs yeah, cinnamon. No, I'm not a pumpkin person. I am missing Thanksgiving this year. Yes. I'll be probably eating some sort of pasta. Yeah. <laughs> but happy Thanksgiving to all y'all out there. We and love you. We love you. And uh, to our American friends, happy Thanksgiving. And happy Columbus Day. Happy Columbus Day. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> As always, the final segment of the pod is what we're reading, watching, and are listening to. And we're both talking about listening to today. But before we do that, we got we have to uh, pay homage to uh, Tom Petty, who we lost this week. Yeah, this this week stinks. Yeah. So, uh, do you have a favorite Tom Petty song, Jen? Um, that's hard. I mean, I have a favorite Tom Petty song. I like this is not like an original answer but i don't care i really love mary jane's last dance oh i thought you were gonna say free phone no no (laughs) um i think that was like the first tom petty song i ever heard actually Mm -hmm. um and it's just so like there's just something about it that i have a really emotional response to it Mm -hmm. so even though i know it's like everyone's favorite song but i don't care i love it how about you mine is american girl oh yes I don't know what it's a is. good one. I don't know what it is about that song, but it just like I just love it so thoroughly. Here's the thing: there are no bad Tom Petty songs. No, of course not. Everyone loves Tom Petty. Like, and I never considered myself a super fan. And then I reviewed his 2014 show mm-hmm. with the Heartbreakers at MTS Center, which is um, now Bell MTS Place. <laughs> Bell, yeah, the, the the venue formerly known as the MTS there Center. You go. And uh, even his new stuff, like Hypnotic Eye, was a good record. Like it's it um it was good you know like and so it's it's kind of um after reviewing so many bands who are kind of doing like the farewell lap or like yeah you know, yeah, yeah for sure 
they were still consistently putting out really good songs. Mm-hmm. And then as you're experiencing the concert, you're like, wow, every song is really good. <laughs> every song is great. Yeah. So, so rest in peace, Tom Petty. Yeah, it's Everyone will miss you. Yeah. What uh, else are you listening to besides Tom Petty? Tom Petty's greatest hits on repeat. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, us and everyone else. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I've been listening a lot to Propagandi's new album, mm-hmm. Victory Lap, that came out last week. I haven't heard it yet. It's great. It's honestly, it's not even that I wouldn't say that that is my genre, sort of like punk rock, almost like pop. This one's almost more like pop punk, to be honest. Um, but I thoroughly, thoroughly am enjoying it. And for those who don't know, that's a local, a local group. And that show sold out in like, yeah, their show is on Saturday. It's kind of kicking off their tour. They only announced the show last week and then tickets went on sale a couple of days later. Everyone scooped them up right away, sold out right away. And then the show's on Saturday. So everything's happening very quick, very, very quickly. But, um, the album itself, like propaganda has always been, um, pretty politically charged group. And this record is no different. There's a lot of Trump references, climate change references, animal cruelty references. Um, but it's just like a really well thought out, well written, well composed, executed record for sure. Cool. Um, I'm also listening this week. Um, listening to Always's sophomore album. So they are a Toronto band who I've probably talked about on the pod before because mm-hmm. I love them. Um, but their sophomore record, Antisocialites, came out a few weeks ago now. And uh, I really love their first record. And, you know, it's always when you have a really impressive debut, which they did, they were shortlisted for the Players Music Prize in 2015. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of the record that I was sent to advocate for um, at the grand jury because each grand jury member kind of has right. a record that they talk up out of the shortlist. And uh, so. I mean, it's kind of become a cliche at this point to talk about sophomore slump, but that's a real it is thing it's because thing. as you have your whole life to write your first book, you have your whole life to make your first album. And then when you have to make a follow up, pull like, 10 songs oh, shit. out of your butt. Um, <laughs> but I'm happy to say that. Oh, that's great. That this one is also very good. So I highly recommend it. Um, what are you working on next week? We are. Well, well we are working. Well, we, yeah. <laughs> so Jen's piecing out, but we are together working on a huge 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 story for the west end cultural center's 30th anniversary which is um near the end of october so jen and i are partnering up to tackle this one together just because it is so much reporting um yes so but we're both super super excited about it we are very excited and i don't want to tell you i don't want to leak too much info but just keep your eyes peeled for that. Yes, stay tuned. I will be working on my carb intake next week, but <laughs> then we'll be returning to work on this project. And as always, you can find everything that we have written at winnipegfoodpress.com. You can also follow us on social media. I am at Jen Zerati on Twitter and Instagram. And I am at Naya Rebel also on Twitter and Instagram. And I just want to mention, even though that Jen is away next week, I will be having a special celeb guest and or guests to um, fill in for Jen. I'm going to keep that a surprise. But there will be a, a, a new episode next week as well. So they will see you next week. Bye.